spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Welcome to Max Mike Movies. This is our third series, and this time around, we're going off on a tangent. We are in search of Dungeons and Dragons, together, at the same time. We are huge gaming nerds. In fact, that's how we met back in 1980. Well, gaming is big. <laughs> <laughs> no, Max Hart, too old. <laughs> well, Commander! <laughs> no one's going to get that. And no one alive, And you're no. interrupting my opening. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> while gaming has been a big part of our lives and it has become monumentally popular, we're not sure that the nuance, the je ne sais what's a the experience of Dungeons & Dragons has ever been truly depicted on the big screen. In this series, we will each present a movie and argue why that movie does or doesn't impart the feeling of what it truly means to be a murder hobo. Adventure! <laughs> Um, this week it is me alone. Max couldn't be with us. He's feeling ill. Uh, <coughs> oh, you... I've dragged myself to the microphone. <coughs> oh, you, you made it. That's great. That That is Max Levine coughing in the corner. Hello. <coughs> cough, cough. <laughs> Did you just say cough, cough? No. Cough, cough. Coughity cough. And I am Mike Luce, who is bringing you this wonderfulness of wonder. Um, this week... The first film we're going to be speaking of is that incredibly popular, that box office smash, well, Aragon! <laughs> Aragon! Which, and to be fair, I actually didn't notice this, but is one letter off from the word dragon. <laughs> um, I'm going to start off with an extra spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you are a fan of Aragon, the movie, or the book series, I'm going to recommend that you turn us off right now and go watch an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force or show of your choice because Max and I are, shall we say, not fans of this movie. Not fans. No. Um, right, so we should uh, we should start off with the um, the plot. The show. Um, so, on a planet far away, there is a rebellion, and it is coming towards it in this little ship that's being followed by this Mike, giant... Mike! Mike. Hmm? No, uh, that's that's Star Wars. Huh? Oh. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Uh, easy, mis easy mistake to make, but yeah. Oh. No, not a planet. This is, I don't know, a Ambrosia or something. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. I only see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. a lone farm boy whose parents have uh. mysteriously disappeared is left to mm -hmm. grow up with his uncle. And on mm -hmm. this farm, unfortunately, one day, the evil empire comes and destroys everything he knows, forcing him to go off into a future unknown, alongside an old man he's never met, who holds the secret of the empire and the evil lord, Darth... Uh, what's his name? It's, Wait, what? Uh, no, no. Hmm? It's, it's not really an empire, it's just an evil king, you know, Galvatorix. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I, that is his name. I didn't come up with that. That's John Malkovich's character, uh, Galvatorix. Uh, are, are you sure? I am quite sure. I'm looking at the IMDb page. Oh, um, so there's um, no evil empire, huh? No, no evil empire, no Darths, no Sith. Oh. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go on. All right, Finish so uh, this is a story that we've all seen before. I mean, this is a story of <laughs> a young boy who doesn't know that he's going to be the only hope for a group of rebel rebellious people that were um, originally destroyed by an evil emperor 
named I, I can't say it i just can't say yeah. it uh, just say john malkovich john malkovich uh, and well boy will we get to him uh, oh, yeah. who, who uh was a dragon rider and he was so evil that he destroyed all the other dragon riders boo hiss and mm. leaving only an egg behind because and uh that egg finds its way into the hands of our farm boy uh who um loses everything he had and goes off to fight the evil empire and Darth Vader. I don't know. No. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, anyway, you get the idea. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. Um, shall we say, it's been done before. It's been done before. Um, and as I said, I gave you that spoiler. Max and I are not fans. No. Um, I liked this movie the first time I saw it when it was called Star Wars. <laughs> ah, I almost fired you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the general plot um hey trivia mm. all right moving on i bet there's lots i don't care i mm. just don't care the whole movie is trivial i'm <laughs> sorry there's nothing significant in this movie. all right to be fair we should do a little bit of backstory so okay this this was based on a three book series which became a four book series because reasons um mm. that was in, started by a young man when he was a very young man he was a teenager um his name mm. is christopher paulini and to be fair, again, he was a teenager, and this was his first novel, and his parents owned a small publishing firm, and they thought it was wonderful, so they published it. Um, <laughs> it he went on tour, apparently, to many bookstores and libraries and stuff to promote his book in costume. And oh, there, really? author Carl Hyacin, believe it or not, a very well-known, I'm not kidding, a very well-known and respected author... Yeah. saw his talk, was impressed, and so got in touch with his publisher and said, hey, I think you should publish this, and they did. Oh, God, it was Carl Hyacinth's fault that it got so, so out there? Yes. Oh, Carl. Now... Carl! <laughs> to be fair, too, this was a very specific period in time. This was a period in time when book publishers were dying, dying for the next mm. Harry Potter. Yeah. And they really wanted that series, and they hoped this would be it. And I was working at a major bookstore who shall remain nameless at the time, and I do remember a lot of young people were really interested in these books, and they did sell very well, and I'm sure it made Christopher Pauline tons and tons of money. Mm. Um, the movie didn't, but uh, uh, he did. Yeah, that's the other trivia. The movie cost $100 million and worldwide only made back 174 which is, shall we say, not enough. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as trivia, that's that's kind of it. I the, the yeah. rest of the trivia, quite honestly, was small, and <laughs> you know, again, the one thing I it's like, oh, dragon, Aragon, one letter off. I didn't see that. Oh, uh, not care. That's probably mm. why. So the lowdown. Uh, but yeah. what we're here for, what we're here for, is to discuss. Yes. A, how much we didn't like the film. And <laughs> is this a film that helps depict what it's like to play D&D? Or, to be fair, a fantasy game of your choice. But specifically D&D, because that's where we started mm. off. Mm. Yeah, basically, is this a movie that it captures that captures the same spirit as as D&D? No. <laughs> no. Wait, wait. So, that's it. Good night, folks. No, See you next no, week. No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Now, Max Aww. may be lying. We'll find mm. out when we get to the end of the show. Right, right. But right now, we should move into our various thoughts about the movie and our various points, pro and con, for 
the movie and it being a representation for D&D for any of those who, of you who have not played D&D, which if you're still listening is probably most of you. <laughs> so, uh, Max, you, Yo. you, you, you started to say that when this first came out, you liked this movie, but of course... You... No, I, I did not. <laughs> did... When I, I, I saw this movie. The only reason I saw this movie at all is because Riff Tracks did a parody track for it. Our best friends. We are yes, the closest we are ch- friends to all that is Riff Tracks. They are our close personal friends. We have sleepovers and call them every five minutes, and eventually we're going to live on the moon and fight Nazis. <laughs> Together. And bubble Together. gum. Together. Um, uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, hi, Mike, Bill, <laughs> and Kevin. Uh, we who, just... <laughs> yes. We're your best friends who you have no idea who we are. Right. That's us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you, you only mm. saw this as a riff tracks. So you didn't you, yeah. you were gullible enough to go and see it in the theater like I was. Oh dear, you actually paid money to see this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Ugh. I mean, my first thought how did they get this cast? Um I mean, okay, a lot of the main characters are crap, but holy god, there's Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, Jimon Hounsou. Oh boy, and is he wasted. Poor Jimon Hounsou. Oh my god! He has like four lines and he doesn't get to do anything with them. I don't think he has any lines that are more than one sentence long. And Rachel Bloody Weiss. Well, she she wasn't too wise in taking this part now, was she? No, actually she might have been. I assume they wrote her a huge check and said, Hi, Ms. Weiss, you just have to sit in a sound booth for a day and record these... 15 or 20 lines as a dragon. Heck, you don't even have to meet what's his blonde. Um, <sighs> I, I hope that Juman especially was given a very large check and went off to do <sighs> cool things like independent film or whatever the hell he mm. wants. Because he, yeah, wasted. Yeah, speaking, yeah, I mean, speaking of being yeah. wasted, what did you think of John Malcolm? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, another p- close personal friend of mm. Max and mine is uh, oh, yeah. Lindsay Ellis, sometimes known as the... Uh, uh, nostalgia chick, no longer I guess known as nostalgia chick, and she had an absolutely brilliant oh, overview God, the, of of John Malkovich's two forms of acting. He has two forms. He's either just bad crazy, oh, a over the top. Hmm? There, there's a beat, <laughs> or <laughs> just crazy, or he's and I love the way she puts this: an outraged Olive Garden patron who over-enunciates no. everything he says, which is the mode he's in in this movie. I distinctly asked for marinara on the side. Or, I would like to speak to the manager about this. Or and it's every time he's on screen, I start laughing. It's wonderful. Uh, it's the best part of the film. Very early in the film, one of his lines is, "I suffer without my stone." <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like a terrible medical condition of some kind. You know, like maybe he had a kidney stone and he just misses it. I don't know. I mean, you know he looked at this and said, okay, this is crap, but I need to redo the third floor bathroom. I want my breadsticks. <laughs> um, oh my, this, he doesn't phone this in. He like I think, sends a telegram I think of he it. texted it in, but... but oh. He, for me, is the one of two bright points of this film because he's only on the screen. I don't even think he makes it to oh. five minutes. I really I don't, don't think so. He's in like, what, three scenes, yes. maybe four, and they're always really, really short. And he says very little. And they're hilarious. Later on, oh, one of he's... his other lines is, I am not interested in being challenged. Do not let them reach the Varden. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish I could do Malkovich justice because he's uh, hilarious. He is, and you know he's just like, I know this is crap. I'm just getting paid. This is a job. Ugh. And I'm not, you know, he does turning into Norman Krasner here. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> yeah, I admit I am not a huge fan of John Malkovich because John Malkovich does Ma- John Malkovich very well. But that's about. Oh, I it. like I like him. I think he's done some really good stuff, uh, and he can be very un- when he wants to be. He can be very understated. Uh, <laughs> he must not Trust want me, to he very can. often because yeah well, that's not what he's hired for most of the I time I guess not but it's just like the Olive Garden patron thing is just perfect and it's just <laughs> I suffer without my stone I have to give him credit he didn't laugh he didn't no. laugh I did yeah how, ma- did how many takes do you think that took before he could do that without laughing I don't know um Ugh. uh speaking of 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 uh voices and stuff of course we start the film with a voiceover it was either that or a screen crawl because that's what you have to do um you could tell that even jeremy iron irons hates the name galbatorix because the first time he says it is like and the dragon rider galbatorix (laughs) 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 and you just know that after that they had to cut it out he just turns to the whoever's there the director and says really yeah, you know, did George Lucas come by and drop a lot of names? Uh, Is that the problem? Well, somebody read too many Asterix comics. Except those are funny. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I no longer can feel sorry for Jeremy Irons. No. He's doing this to himself. No, and he's going to do it to himself again. And later in the series, no spoil. We're not going to tell what that is. You can guess mm. it, audience, if you want to. But oh, he will yeah. show up not again. Not too hard. No, no. Sadly, it's it's <sighs> not. Um. So. This film has all the elements of a well-worn fantasy story, including the very well-lit Woods at Night TM. Um, because and lots of horse riding shots. Yeah, yeah. Although I was very sad that the dragon never actually eats one. Because um, <laughs> it made sense. It made me wonder because you know early on we see the dragon and it wakes up and it doesn't like milk. We find out because it it breaks the milk bag, which is that sounds like a really weird euphemism. Breaks the milk mm. bag. Remember, I really broke the milk bag last <laughs> night. If you know what I mean. Uh, no. Um, yeah, neither, neither do <laughs> remember, I. Remember, toss, don't stack. Mm. Um, <laughs> and she goes and eats rats, and it's like, oh, it's very cute. Oh, now we don't have a rat problem. Teehee. Now, when she gets bigger in a scene that. Um, quite honestly is like uh we need time to pass i know lightning storm makes dragons bigger okay fine oh that was such a ripoff my god it's like you're looking at anything all right now we're gonna see you know the bond between them grow as it it grow the dragon grows no bond right now (laughs) and it's gonna you know take years or may or at least you know weeks or months and it's gonna become bigger it's like no (laughs) one scene flies to a cloud lightning 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 i'm an adult i'm telepathic yeah. What the hell? And my question then was, um, so uh, what does she eat now? Pie? Yeah. <laughs> really big pie. Yeah. Giant horse pie, I guess. Ooh. I, th- I think. Oh, <laughs> well, there's plenty of it. Um, yeah. So, and of course, you know, our hero is a um, is a farm boy because. Um, oh, right. There's a, there's a hero in this. I keep forgetting. Oh, now, come on. I. I yeah, yeah. But it's because it, his name is. Oh, God. Well, tip of my tongue. Um, E-Ragon. They only say it 50 oh, times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Title of the movie. It's just he's so... For... Wait, who are we talking about? Uh, E-Ragon. The movie? No, the character. Oh, the character. <laughs> that's right. He's a... That's right. The character. He's a... <sighs> he's the blonde one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, I should yeah. say one of two blonde ones because for some unknown reason he has a twin brother. That's no, it's not a brother, it's his cousin. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah it because doesn't really matter. There's this he scene doesn't... and we see a nice young man fighting his stunt double. Oops, I mean Biggs. <laughs> I mean <laughs> <laughs> What was that Murtog? Is that his No, name? no, no. That's Roran? that's Aragon's boyfriend. He shows up later. Oh, oh. No. Oh, so that's Roran? This, Roran. This is yeah. Um, mm. you know, Biggs. Yeah. And that oh god. It's his cousin. His co- that's a whole plot point of his cousin oh, is leaving no, the farm. No, it's not because it doesn't go anywhere. Well, it's supposed to be. You can tell it's supposed to be. He's like, okay, I'm gonna. Go, you know, Biggs is gonna go join join up with the rebellion. <laughs> I'll see you in I'm, book I'm so- three. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Roran is gonna go and join up with. Wait, who is he going to go join up with? I lost track. I thought he, he was just the- leaving. <clears throat> yeah, like, hey, gonna go I'm gonna do something. I'm not gonna get drafted. So, bye. Yeah, pretty much, and. And that's you it. Never see him again. Nope. Never. He's gone. It's like he literally goes off to make another movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am assuming, at least in the books, he shows up later. Yeah. And maybe that's a plot point. But in the movie, it's just like, goodbye. Oh, oh, no, wait. And I'm done. Wait, wait, Max. You, you didn't read the books? Uh, uh, I may have skipped one. Or... No, I didn't read the <laughs> damn books. Uh, didn't you read Twilight? Because I think you did. Yes, I did, because Twilight was a cultural phenomenon that I had to try to understand. Do you? And I... No! <laughs> it still make. I read all four of those steaming piles of Stinkburger, and I, I tell you, I actually started to read them again, not because I wanted to, but I forgot I had read them. <laughs> I honest to God, that has never happened with any books, so the... No matter how bad, I have never read a book and then forgotten I had actually read it. <laughs> if you like the Twilight series, please write Max at... <laughs> if you like the tw- Twilight series, please seek help. <laughs> now, now, now. Ugh. Now, that, come on, that's a whole other thing. That, anyway, that is a whole but... other thing. Um, uh, so, yeah, we were talking about some of the elements here. And now there are some elements of D&D. It's a fantasy world, which means it doesn't have to make sense, which is good. And we're done. Doesn't... That's it. <laughs> That's that's what it has with D and D. It's a fantasy now, world. There's dragons. Now come on, there and we have we have uh, the uh, the farm boy hero, which is which is yes. fairly common. Yes, um, we do have a tavern. It kind of there there is sort of a tavern, and there is the there are a whole bunch of NPCs. Yes, there are. There's there's you know what there aren't though. What aren't there? Other players. Yes, there are. This is the this is the big reason. This and a lot of other movies that try to be are not like D&D because they're hero stories. They're right. stories of a single person, a ma- one chosen one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. He even, in effect, gets a blue pill in this movie. <laughs> I wish we Okay, did. it's a big pill. I don't think he could have swallowed it, but... He should have saved he some takes of that milk. The, he, saved, he basically take, takes the blue pill and Morpheus takes him. I mean, sorry, Brom takes him. Yeah. But that's the thing. Everyone there is a supporting character to him. Yeah. And he's the chosen. And that's that part is not D&D. No, it's not. That's that's one of the reasons I think D&D movies are so <clears throat> few on the ground. Most movies, be, you focus on a single protagonist. That's just the standard story arc. Which is a shame. That's the hero. Yeah. And that's not D&D. No. That's, that's, it, you can have a quest that focuses more on one character than another. But really... It's about the party. It's about the group. And that's much harder to do. There are people that try. We're going to talk about some of those other movies. Yes, eventually. But 
this that aspect, and I'm just and right now. I'm just talking about the narrative. Yeah, that is not D and D. No, but it has a lot of the elements of it. It yes. has castles. Yes. It has a princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has. Is she? Hang on. Is she a princess? I don't know. We don't, we don't know really... who she is because at one point he goes to see. Oh, I have to get to her. I had notes about her. Oh yeah. Because you, pardon me. Yeah. Angela speaks yeah, yeah. in third person about Angela, um, in a scene that bears no, has no bearing about the rest of the plot at all. He goes to see a fortune teller, uh, soothsayer, yeah. whatever. He literally stumbles into her hut by mistake, and she says, "Would you? Uh, should Angela read your your future?" And he says, I don't have any money. Angela didn't ask for money. And it's like, okay, well, we didn't ask. Angela for- <laughs> will read Angela's ashes and tell you. <laughs> well, we didn't ask Angela to slow the movie down, but whatever. <laughs> so, and then she says that he talks about uh, this princess who's or what's her name. I don't, I actually think it's Aria, sadly. Uh, it, it is, unfortunately. We're, we're so sorry, Maisie. But, uh, you know, the, the Game of Thrones gave us a much better Arya character, but yes, that is her name, well, Arya. She'll be known as the lesser Arya. Uh, yeah. And Arya, she is your past and your future, which leads us to think, sister, you have a sister. Have a sister. Or, yeah, or something. Yeah, which is why they don't get to make out or anything. We literally never find out who she is. Nope. She has nope. the egg. She, we probably find out that she's Galbatorix's daughter or something like that. I don't know. And she has she has some magic powers. Uh, yeah. Very undefined bit. powers. Like, you can see me in your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> sort yeah. of. Kind of. But yeah, we don't know who she is. We don't know his relationship to her. Nothing. Actually, she shares a power with uh, Brahm. Oh, which one? The power of exposition. Ah, yes. <laughs> the power of plot point compels you. The power power of plot point compels you. Yeah, there's there's, a, there's one point where Aragon asks Brom, "How do you know all this?" And I really just want Jeremy Irons to turn to him and says, "Because I am a knight of exposition." <laughs> that's really all he's for. Yeah, it's a sacred order of exposition. Yeah, Ugh. and it's like, let me explain what has happened for you. And there's one point, and it's like around half an hour into the film, where Brom starts to recap the plot, and it's like, no, yeah. no, stop, stop. We've already suffered through this already, and we already heard you tell it. Mm. <laughs> it was you. You're recapping your own. Monologue. Stop it. <laughs> well, obviously he he forgot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Who knows what order they filmed the scenes in? And right about you that. Know the other, right about hmm? that point too. Thirty minutes into the film, now, now, Aragon is finally asking Brom, "Who are you?" Yeah. Who are you, and why am I listening to you, and why have I left the only home I ever knew because you told me to? I mean, I know I sought you out to tell me more about these stories and dragons and stuff, and I snuck into your hut and you told me to get lost, which is, wait a minute, why are you so dim? You're supposed to know who I am and why I'm here. You saw the egg being, you know, um, what's that, imprinted or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, imprinted, attached, whatever. So it's like, uh. why do you try to throw Aragon out of your hut? I don't understand. Hey. We are searching for D and so, I know we're bashing this movie because it's fun, but yeah, uh, yep. it, we are looking. That's at there are so many plot points that just don't make any sense. Why does the egg come to him? First of all, who decided it went to him? That first, Arya is the one who teleports it away and sends. You know, she gets a vision of him and it goes to him. Then later they say, "Oh no, the dragon, you know, uh, Zephora, um, Zephora, Zephira, Zephira." Yes, she chose you. Like, wait, no, no, she was in an egg. She was like dormant for how many 
How many years? It's been a really long time. She said a thousand is what she said. But also, she's like, to be fair, she didn't have much of a choice because she shows up Mm. in the middle of the woods at the middle of night because he's out hunting because apparently the best time to hunt is like, you know, three in the morning. Sure. Um, No, that's when you get to good night crawlers. Oh, you know, that's all juicy and stuff. Oh, yeah. You betcha. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm out hunting hot fish. Um, (laughs) Mike has a chance of catching that. Um, So it shows up to these magic woods in the middle of nowhere and then he takes it to a barn and doesn't tell anybody except the butcher. Um, yeah, he, he says, hi, I'm, I want to trade this for some meat. Yeah. I don't know what it is, or, but the, the butcher seems to have some idea. Well, no, he There's knows where a, it came from, and he gets all upset and says, no, no, that came from the king's woods. Get out of here with that. It's the king's. Yeah. You'll endanger the whole village, because I, I, we don't know how they find it. But anyway, I, uh, he takes it back to a barn so that this poor dragon egg, if it wants to hatch anytime soon, it has basically three choices it can imprint on a rat a horse or or you know blonde boy there well they could have imprinted on uncle dad before he got killed <laughs> uncle dad uncle torquil uh yeah, torquil torquil <laughs> uh for those of you who don't know i'm speaking about uh the character that uh, was played by the same actor in the movie krull his name was torquil and he did a much better job there i actually really like this actor his name is alan armstrong um he pops up in a couple of things here and there that i've seen one of them being van helsing um, and the other being Krull and then this. Um, mm. But he's fun. He's fun. Um, but we do have we do have some elements. We we have the uh, Obi-Wan element. Oh, I'm sorry, we have the teacher. So we have, <laughs> we have the, Gandalf, we have yes. The, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so we have that. We do have the quest, so they have to get somewhere, and it's far yes, they away. Have to, they have to get uh, the dragon over to the Fremen so that, uh, oh. you know, Muad'Dib can take his... Oh, wait, sorry, you that's Dune. there is something about this Fremen, the urge to manage. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, mm. She is the shut-up mace, the housekeeper. <laughs> God, we're just way off track. Well, oh, what seriously. track? What track? All right, if you're still with us, I'll admit, this is like... Yeah, we're all over the place. If you haven't this started, whole movie is all over the place. If you haven't started drinking while listening to our podcast, this is a great one to start. I should have said earlier, yeah, and I apologize. We, sh- we should have had like the Aragon review drinking game. Every mm. time I groan, take a shot. <laughs> every time, every time we mispronounce somebody's name, take a shot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'd be dead within an hour with before this was over. Yeah. Oy. Um, okay, a couple, yeah, there are fantasy elements. There are elves and there are dwarves. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, but, there aren't. They only yes, mention them. They, they only, mention they them, mention they them say, but they're not in the movie. We don't see a hide nor pointy ear of an elf. We don't no. see any dwarves. No. We all we see are the ratchets and the grunkles or whatever they yes, are. You mean called. the Legion of Bald, TM. Yes. <laughs> yes, and, and the... Uh, the compost-faced guys. Uh, the 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 Riza, the Raza, Raza Faza, uh, whatever the yeah. Razamatazes. Yes. Yeah, which makes me, of course, wonder. It's like, hey, if you can just drag them things out of nothing, why do you need armies? And hey, I have another question for you. These all these these young men that are being taken away and 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 forced to become part of the armies. Um, who are you fighting? Yeah, because <laughs> we never see any battles, and at the end, no, everyone's getting, fighting getting... are all the Legion of Bald. So it's like we don't actually see any of these farm boys. Like, what are you doing? With no, them? no, we do. We see them. They're the ones in the black and red outfits that like are guarding occasional palaces, and there, there well, are some of them in the battle. There are like five, and then all the rest of them are the Legion of Bald and the the uh, rat, r- the Wiggles or but, whatever the hell they're called. But, but 
How are they dying? I mean, boredom, I guess. Maybe they're watching, yeah, I think maybe they're watching they the movie. Lo- uh, they just lose interest. And of course, they're all being powered by the dark magic of... Uh, all right, so Durza. Uh, he now to be fair, he is my other favorite point of the film. He is the El- Emperor Palpatine of this movie because yeah. he's like, ah, is there scenery nearby? And the sad thing is, Robert Carlyle, who plays him, yep. is actually a pretty good actor. I mean, God, the man was in Train Spotting. Yep, he was in the Full Monty. But this and, guy, this guy yeah. is smart enough. Oh my dear gods! I just realized who he was in the Full Monty. Wow, that's yeah. a hell of a range. He is a good actor. Um, he is. He is the he, only one smart enough in this film to go, no one else is going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. He is the only character or the only actor who looks like he's enjoying himself at all during his performance. Moo-hoo-ha-ha. Moo-hoo-ha-ha. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty much, I will leave no piece of scenery unchewed. We have no... And again, he is. We don't know what he is. What the hell does it mean? He's a shade. He's a shade. He can do. He can do all this magic. He's a shade. They said How? so. Um, he, he magic. Call it, up... Magic is the ancient language of the elves, who will not be appearing in this movie. <laughs> and it goes back to one of those annoying tropes where the word is the thing. The thing is the word. Oh dear God, Ugh. we haven't heard that five thousand times before. Yes, it's like, oh, good. Somebody you talked to once read a book about semiotics. Very nice. The signifier is the signified. We get it. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, the word of power. Oh, thank you, Moadib. <laughs> we already went to Dune. Let's let's get out of mm. Dune quick. And I don't mean mm. the books. I understand mm. that the books. Ca- some of the books are very, very good. However, the movie <laughs> with with Sting is not. Was not. No. No. <laughs> the, the movie- All I see isn't a trait. Is I want to kill. <laughs> oh, you did a pretty good Paul Freeze there for a second. <laughs> um, mm. I will kill him. I will kill him. I will kill him. I will kill him. Kill him. Kill you. We look at. Let's look at the other NPCs. <laughs> for there's. There's Aragon's, as you say, Aragon's boyfriend. I'm sorry, did you say Aragorn? Aragon, Aragorn, Aragog, I'm not sure. Magog. Also, by the way, that also gets me. This is an agrarian society, old style. They're talking about he's a boy of 17. Uh, No. He's 17, he should be married and have at least two kids by now. I think he's also 26. Uh, the actor, yeah, well, the like, actor, yeah, the actor is not seventeen. Big blonde. But his 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 boyfriend, uh, Mur- you know, Murdoch, uh, hair <laughs> Murdoch, hair Captain Hairgel, Han Solo kid, basically. Yeah. Who again? I think he and Aragon have more chemistry than Aragon and uh, Rec- Recitative do. <laughs> That's the lesser so, aria. Sorry, aria, yeah. The lesser aria. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, this is a character. Who has nothing? It turns out, oh, he's the son of a traitor. He, Seize he him! <laughs> what traitor? Who did he betray? I don't what? know. But it get, but it gives Gmon one of his only lines. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were you were saying, and that's not fair. I mean, no. God, he. So his crime is his father was a traitor. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's not like his whole family. It's just, no. His father was a traitor. However many decades ago, and. We're not going to tell you what he did or who he betrayed or anything. No, but we are going to make sure that the actor playing him has black hair so you know he could be evil. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yes, you're right. I actually think that the two of them have a lot more chemistry, which is why I refer to him as Aragon's boyfriend. But yeah. of course, there is no gayness in this movie. It's just... Oh, no. 
you know, because of course at the end we have the shiny scene because all of these films have to have the shiny scene thanks to Star Wars. We have to have the film at the end show all our main characters all prettied up again and cleaned and and polished and and we go to see because the lesser Arya has to go back to her people whom unfortunately I think in a very bad choice of costuming are supposed to somehow be related to Native Americans because that feather in her hair. It's like well, really. Maybe that's it. It's the feather in the hair. What else is there about her that suggests Native American? But Certainly it's not but the it's, way she looks. But it's right there, sticking up, in a yeah. way that makes no other sense visually except to say, "Hey," and it's like, "All right, you have to go back to your people because, um, um, uh, and you had to leave right away <laughs> before he woke up. Yes, because stuff and reasons. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah." Um, well, obviously, because she's taking the, she's she's packing up the plot and taking it with her, uh, and you know, of course, I I didn't have time to say goodbye. Besides, which I knew you could get in your fighter jet and come and find me. Um, yeah. Oh, and weren't you sad when um, uh, what's her name nearly Safira there died? Because we knew that was happening. oh right. Yeah, I was so convinced she was going to die. Well, he knew he heal 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 <laughs> clear, <laughs> which is pretty much I'm thinking. Are you trying to like train her like a dog? Or are you right. actually trying to use magic? It's not clear. Yeah, and isn't it odd that the elvish word for heal is heal? Yeah, yeah. Because the whole thing with magic and with the dragon riders, they have to say the elvish word for the thing they want to do. Yeah, brizafrizen, and then the yeah. trees grab them, and it's like, oh, how would you like if someone put an apple off you? Um, <laughs> Yeah. She, he was hungry. He was hungry. Um, you know, it's just it's like well, how we're sad when Uncle Owen dies and um, stuff like that. Oh, and when Brom, when Brom dies. Cause, oh, by the way, Brom dies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Spoiler. I know. We'll let him die as a dragon rider. Why don't you fly him to a healer? <laughs> yeah, seriously. You've got the greatest source of transportation on the planet. And as far as you know, the only one. Why don't you look when... You know, when light motif gets hurt, you t- takes her to the Varden to get healed, and she's like magically poisoned. Poison, Bar- you know, poison. Brom just has a chest wound. Yeah, which quite honestly, because it doesn't, it takes a long time to kill him. Yeah, he could have recovered from. I know they have plenty of time to give him a little tour around the woods all night. And then they have time to bring him back to a mountain, find a whole bunch of rocks that happen to be flat on one side, and bury him. Oh. Oh. And let him go flying on uh, the dragon for a little while, yeah. and then he comes back. Like you know, you could drop him there. There are healers. We've heard you refer to them. Yeah, and then mm. oh, I don't have the power to breathe fire, but I can turn rock into time-altering crystal. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Some I can't breathe fire, but I can apparently breathe microwaves. I hey, I have an idea. Why don't you bury him with the rocks first, put him in the crystal, and then since time doesn't pass, now you take him to a healer. <laughs> Yeah, My guess is that Jeremy Irons was like, please get me out of this movie. Please get yeah. me out of this movie. Yeah, um, no, I, I've got to get out of here. I, I've got to find, I've got to go do some stage work or something. Remember that I used to be a real actor. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, actors and, uh, and and accents here. So this mm-hmm. film is mostly British because as we all know, all fantasy films take place in Britain. Uh, yep. Except for this little smattering of Americans that are in there. So, you know, mm. we've got John Malkovich and we've got... Um, uh, <laughs> Well, Jimon Hansu is not American, but his accent is. Um, I actually wish he hadn't tried because it's. Mm, yeah. He was trying to do English accent. And then we have quite work. we have one Scott because you know, you know, no Italians, sure. you know, no Spanish, nope. no, nope, no French, no Polish, Nothing. just has no Irish. English. 
Um, yep. Yeah, just just a couple Americans thrown in there. That's fun. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. Going back to D&D, yeah. there's another reason this doesn't work as a D&D game or a D&D campaign. Or the, the main character has a freaking dragon. Yeah. That is such a disproportionate level of power. Yes. No one in that, no other character except for like the very big bads mm-hmm. are even close. Right. He can, his dragon is a fly, is basically he's got a B-1 bomber. Yeah, we, he's got some. We see it in the final <laughs> climactic battle. <laughs> the dragon just like, oh, army, <laughs> no army. Hey, um, disclaimer: When I was watching this movie again, and I will admit, I watched it without riff tracks. So well, you're a better man than I am. Yeah. Um. So I watched this movie again. Disclaimer: When it got to the battle scene, I uh, I skipped through it. <laughs> it's dull and it's we, annoying. The, the, this is another problem with the movie. We he shows up with these fremen. Sorry, um, uh, riders of Rohan. No, damn it. Um, the Varden. Uh, the Var. Yes, the Varden again. Who the hell picked these names? Talk about uninspiring. It's like you speak English. Why are all your your name thing your names and place names gibberish? Yeah. But he shows up at the Varden. We don't know who they are. No. We know nothing about them. We don't learn anything about them. We have no reason to care about any of them. No. We have no reason to care who wins this fight. No. Although... It, there is no emotional investment in this at all. I want to say that the winner of this fight is actually up for grabs because the, the evil bad Legion of Bald shows up mm. and uh, they've also got the, the, the Rizzes or whatever the hell they are. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course we have the, the evil sorceress Flube um, <laughs> flying in on his magic dragon of of gas, uh, smoke dragon. Yeah, it's basically his, fart, his giant fart dragon. And so, yes. what does our hero, the big blonde, do but get on his dragon and breathe fire down into the incoming hordes who <laughs> happen to be in the village of the Varden? So it's yes. like, whoosh! Thanks for burning our village. Thank you. Yeah, talk about talk about literal friendly fire. You know. Yeah. Um. And then he, you Ugh. know, he keeps doing it. Um, the best part is the next day you see a little bit of scorching, but everyone is cheering him, and it's like, really? I don't think I'd cheer him, but whatever. Hey, thank you for murdering most of us. Yay! Yeah. Um, one of the things I will also say that does not befit any game of D&D I've been in, shall we say, mm. is the fact that this is dealing with much higher politics. We're talking giant battles. We're talking about civilization deciding things. Those are the sorts now, of things... Now, that can happen. Wait, wait, wait. That can happen in a game. Yes, but it's usually the thing that you work up to. Yeah, it is not you don't some, leap it's like into it. Game two, the armies. You know, that's not generally how it happens, because you're, you know, level one schlubs, and you, if you're lucky, you don't get taken out by kobolds. Sorry, Matt. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you, you have to work your way up to dealing with things like dragons, you know, and taking down Tiamat and stuff like that. Um, TM, mm-hmm. by the way. TM on Tiamat. <laughs> and so... That's what her name means. TM. Tiamat. Yep, Tiamat. You know, I, I never noticed that. She stands for mm-hmm. trademark. Um, yep. So, yeah, this is, this is taking things a little far and a little fast. And really, the level one schlubs that are left, and that's because they don't have dragons, are uh, the Arya the Lesser, um, mm-hmm. Mur- Murdoch, whose real name is Murtog, but Murdoch, um, uh, Face... Uh, and uh, <laughs> wait, that's the A team, uh, <laughs> and and so they're they're along for the ride. They're 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 the professor and Marianne of this, and yeah, they are the rest. For those of you who are still listening that have not played D anD D or ever wondered what's the big deal, 
It's because it's a group effort. Everybody mm. gets their moment. Everybody gets to do it more or less equal part of the story. And in this case, no, it's true. They don't. Um, also, I'm going yeah. to go out on a limb here and say that our hero, Aragon, is a dick. <laughs> yeah, he really is. But also, the the nature of the story, This is a, he's a chosen one. Right. You know? right. He's the Kung Fu Panda. He's the Dragon Warrior. Yep. He's... So that also doesn't lend itself to a D&D game because it's all the focus on the one. Right. Sorry, Neo. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I know Dragon Foo. And I think that one of the reasons that this is made into a film, not be, not only because it was a very popular book series, but because the fantasy role-playing game has become more and more popular, more and more accepted, more and more mainstream... And they're mm. trying to tap into that. And the funny thing is, is that they just, I think a lot of times when they do these sorts of things, they miss that major point of it being a group effort. And this is true mm. of superhero films, too. The Avengers seems to manage to do group stuff pretty well. Um, and especially even the first film, they even learned to fight together pretty well, which was nice. Because you don't tend to see that. You tend to get a bunch of individuals and then you have trouble. Um, mm. But D&D is inherently a group effort. It's, you know, well, to be fair, it's us against the GM. Sorry, Max. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, it's true. It's about a team. And it, you can do that in a movie. We've seen that, not just with the Avengers. Look at a lot of the, any sports movie. Yeah. Uh, look at the, the, the Dirty Dozen. The, you can have car uh, movies where there's a little more focus on one member, but it's about the team. The greatest This escape. movie is not about... Yeah. Yeah. This movie is not about the team. It's no. about it's it's about what's his name. And you know, and to be fair, it's based on a book, so we you know they have that. They had to follow the plot of the book. Although, from what I understand, it doesn't follow the plot of the book close enough for the fans. Um, yeah. they, they didn't like it either. Um, but <laughs> when you're doing this sort of thing, you can do that, and I think it actually makes for a stronger franchise because it gives you more directions to go off in. You know, it's like. Hey, we focused on this character now, but hey, you know what? This character's pretty cool, too. Let's focus on this character now and do some cool stuff with that character. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can, if you need to or want to, you could then branch off and do separate movies about that Han Solo. Um, which, uh, total tangent, but Han Solo, much better movie than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But mm, you it was can, entertaining. You can do that. And I think mm -hmm. it, it, that's one of the reasons that D&D, tabletop role-playing, that sort of thing has continued is because it is a group activity. It is a group thing. And this, this film is not group. <laughs> yeah. I can't really picture, you know, what's her name, Libretto getting her own movie. or <laughs> It's Aria the Lesser. Right, well, right. Well, she can't have a movie because we don't, we don't even know her last name. No. Or where she comes from. I have to go back to my people. Land of Lakes? I don't know. Well, um, to be fair, nobody in this movie appears to have a last name. I mean, it's not like it's Galbator Galbatorix Romanowitz or something. <laughs> I suffer without my stone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gave him more of an accent than he had. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I, every time he's on the screen, he says something that just makes me laugh. Um, oh, Malkovich. You are so Malkovich. <laughs> Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the other s speeches that I do like, though, is, and it's utterly unnecessary, pointless, and hilarious, is Durza's rousing inspirational speech. speech. Oh, God, where he's basically trying to do Saruman, you know. <laughs> I was waiting, I always wait for him to say, you will taste man flesh. It's like, oh, my God, look, yeah, there he is standing on the high point, and... 
What the hell? And, and First off, <laughs> most of these are magical slaves. Why are you trying to inspire them? I know. You just basically say, hey, if you don't succeed, I'll promote you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, all the, and the only thing we see him do with his minions is treat them like crap. Yeah. Uh, I'm honestly waiting for him to do the, uh, and we will probably, we may or may not talk about this later, uh, the rousing inspirational speech from, I think it's Sword and the Sorcerer, where, uh, no, 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 it's Deathstalker, mm -hmm. it's Deathstalker, where the uh. evil wizard says, we shall see who will triumph, good or evil, and then have oh. all the Legion of Bald as one go, evil! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So yeah, you know, a lot of the, the the what we're doing here is we are bashing this film, and yes. uh, we're doing it gleefully. And you know, again, I spoiled. It. I'm sorry, I didn't spoil it. I warned you, spoiler, mm. that we're not we're not big fans of this film. Um, I will say, if you can get a group of friends together, and that if you happen to have a libation of your choice, <laughs> and want to have some fun, either with or without the Rift Tracks boys, RiftTracks.com. Oh, we don't get any money for that. Mm. Um, by all means, just just have fun, cause you can. It is not a well-made film. There's tons of stuff that doesn't make sense, but there is a lot of fun to be had poking at it and and pulling at it and realizing that the thread count on this is probably around five. Mm. Um, now this is true, but I do have to I do have to say something. I have to, got to qualify something. Uh oh. Yes, this is not a good movie. However. This movie, unlike some of the other ones we'll talk about, some of the ones we're going to be talking about in this series are low-budget fantasy crap. And yes. there are a lot of those. Because, yeah. But it, they, and they're, in many ways, even worse than this. This is not like the worst movie. No, oh, no. no. Visually, visually, this movie is very impressive. Yes. It looks good. The effects are good. The costumes are good. The dragon, I thought, they had a really nice set of expressions for this dragon. She, she yes. does some great stuff with her eyes. Um, Even the fact that I've never pictured a dragon that was part bluebird or whatever. Oh, was she a Norwegian blue? Beautiful plumage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a parrot. Oh, right. Um, I, 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 I want to say that her facial expressions have come a long way. Dragonheart, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a better movie. But yeah, the dragon is less convincing. Not How much. <laughs> Although it does, it does have Harrison Ford in it. Uh, wait a minute. Am I thinking of the wrong one? I'm no, no. It, it's got it's got the guy who might as well be Harrison Ford. You know who I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Drag. Which one is Dragonheart? That's one's Sean Connery. Sean Connery is a dragon. <laughs> oh, I thought th I thought that was the last dragon. Oh, is it the last dragon? Yeah, because Dragonheart. I oh think no, Dragonheart is actually. That's with Peter McNichol <laughs> no, and Sir no, Ralph that's, Richardson. That's Dragon Slayer. Dragonheart is actually <laughs> oh, a cop film with um, Val Kilmer in it. Oh, no, oh. wait, that's not Dragonheart. What the hell is that? Ironheart? I, you've he, lost me. It's Val Kilmer as, as a, a partial Native American. Ha uh, ha. Oh, uh, Thunderheart. Thunderheart. That's right. <laughs> yes, or as he, I think, referred to it in a interview as Thunderfart. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm thinking of uh, Dennis Quaid, who, when you haven't got enough money for Harrison Ford, you get Dennis You're Quaid. You're still on The Last Dragon. You're still on the moment that's, Sean Connery. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. The dragon yes, in that one. which... Th that is a bet. I still say that's a better movie because at least the story is interesting there, and oh. there's some really original elements. Well, but yeah, the dragon does not look very good, and the facial expressions no. are not good at all. No, and this and one, you know, uh, Zangora or whatever Sephira. is uh, Sephira. Yeah, <laughs> she has good facial expressions. Yes, she and does. She's convincing looking. Yes, she is. Like I say, that 
that is in some ways what makes this movie all the more annoying. It has no right to be as bad as it is. Beautiful plumage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but it's still dead, mate. (laughs) Oh, it's waking up. It's waking up. (laughs) That was you hitting the cage. Oh, it never was. I never did. Um, Which is quite honestly more entertaining than this. Yeah, it's... uh, The acting is not great i mean jeremy <laughs> irons quite honestly he sleeps through this but even that's better than but he he has potential it's the script is so terrible yes it there's is. there's no effort it is so uh kid i'm sorry i i'm told that they changed it from the book but it's so colossally unoriginal it is such yes. a blatant ripoff they aren't even pretending no that they're not stealing from nine other movies yeah or or really mostly one um, well, yeah, I'd say two or three. They're stealing from Star Wars. They steal some from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And they steal from Dune. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they do. I, honestly, I, if they're stealing from Dune the movie, they're welcome to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I just think of that, <sighs> that scene with, with uh, Har- was it Harkonnen, who flies around like a, like a balloon yes. and stuck a pin in? <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, <laughs> 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 so Dune, real another another little field trip here. Dune was going to be the first film I ever walked out on. Unfortunately, mm. I did not drive. My friends drove, and they wouldn't leave. So I had to <laughs> sit there, and I knew nothing about the story. People say, "Oh, well, if you didn't read the book, you won't get it." And it's like, no, no, I get it. I don't care. I just don't. I, I get it. Um, I read the book. The movie is still terrible. And all I could think of was, I don't know who this Paul Atreides is, but I hope he dies soon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I felt that way reading the book, quite honestly. Oh, really? Because I know a lot of people really like the book, and it was apparently uh, I'm like, not so, yeah, it, it's iconic. It's I can understand the influence it has. I don't. I'm not crazy about it, and I tried to read the others, and it just no. Well, that's what I've heard is like if you're going to read Dune, read Dune, maybe the second one, but really then then quit because Dune yeah. Dune's a very, apparently a very sort of game changing book when it came out. It, it was very different than everything that was out there. And I need to read it. I haven't read it. I did see the movie and and I know they're remaking it again. because um, mm-hmm. I think there was a, a TV series they did fairly There was easy. a mini series, like a four episode thing with I think William Hurt. Oh. Which I, I saw and remember nothing about. That good, huh? It, it wasn't like it was, it was just utterly uninteresting. Did did it hurt so good? <laughs> It you know it didn't even hurt. That oh, was well. at least you know Dune hurt so good. Dune was funny. We've had fun <laughs> quoting that thing for years. Well, it's funny, but it's three hours long. Yes, it's very long. It is Dino De Laurentiis at his most Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah, you know when my conk die, everybody cries. <laughs> I know we nobody cry when when jaws die. Yeah. My conk die, everybody cry. Yeah, I wish conk died. Actual in that movie. quote. Yeah. Um, anyway, I uh, I will say this. I will give this film. Mm. One little kudo here. Mm-hmm. It's only an hour and 45 minutes long. Yeah, it's not overly long. A lot of no. fantasy films are. And the funny thing is, is that one of the big things we're complaining about, the fact that they don't explain anything, I'm really glad they didn't take the time. Um, yeah, that would have been more exposition and more talking, and there's an awful lot of that. That's the other thing. The pacing in this movie could really be a lot better. There yes. are long stretches of, all right, let me lead, read the narrative to you so you know what's going on. And now we'll ride for a while. Brief action scene. Okay, more talking, more riding, more, no, you mustn't, but I must. You mustn't, I must. Great day for fishing, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's and the thing is, is that because these tropes are all so obvious, every character that's going to die has a little target above his head, so you mm. know it's coming and you're just waiting for it to happen. They might as well be wearing red shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I did want to go ahead and make a, a comparison. So we are to do a talking about D&D, or we're supposed to be talking about D&D, mm. and the the closeness of this film to being that, that fest of murder hobos. Um, <laughs> i got to find out who came up with that term, because it's freaking perfect. It's brilliant. Calling advent- a team of adventurers a group of murder hobos. Yeah, That's brilliant. it is. Um, there's a, a video game that I've been playing lately called Skyrim, which is very much trying to be D&D but video games. The one thing it doesn't have going for it, of course, is that you're not playing it as a group. You're playing it alone. But, and it's basically a game of one player and a world of NPCs. And uh, what, what is it called? Uh, NPC Man? What is that series that you, you showed? Epic NPC Man. Epic NPC Man. If you haven't seen it, look for oh. it on YouTube. It's hilarious. It basically is taking all the tropes of video games and making fun of the NPC part of it, um, which Skyrim is rife with. The best mm. part about Skyrim is you will walk up to somebody and they will both say hey, watch what you're doing, and thank you for doing that favor, because it's just dialogue on a loop, you know, and it's, yeah. that's just what happens. Um, but I want to say that there's an interesting contrast between dragons in Skyrim and dragons in this game, um, in this movie. Uh, in this movie, obviously, dragons are a, a rarity, or so we are told. Um, we know there's at least two, because, oh, surprise, Galbatorix has one. Yeah, um, sequel beg. Yeah, uh, not happening. No. Um but in Skyrim, dragons are actually, for the most part, evil. And they are things that need to be taken care of, which is your major job in Skyrim. Um, you know, spoiler there. Um, and it was just very interesting because dragons are generally on the evil side of things. They tend to be things... Well, to be fair, dragons usually are are bipolar. You've got the, the evil <laughs> bipolar? ones... Bipolar? Well, you've, you've got the evil ones... <laughs> Makes them ones. sound like they're mentally ill. Well, you've got Tiamat on one side, who's bad. Yeah. And then who's the good one? Do you remember the name of the good one? Oh, God, I don't. That, yeah. It was the Platinum Dragon. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. And you, so usually you have that. But they're usually like, you don't... Eventually, maybe you'll fight a dragon. Maybe. More likely, you'll die, but you will fight. They're usually these, these way overpowered things. Um, here, uh, quite honestly, dragons get the worst end of the stick. It's like, hey, you're not only subservient to some human that you supposedly chose, but um, if he dies, you die. You know, Which, by the way, is another ripoff from Anne McCaffrey. Oh, I thought it was going back to uh, Hammer and Anvil. If Hammer die, Anvil die. <laughs> Anne McCaffrey predates Hammer and Anvil. Oh, Thank do, you. does she? Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and it's like, oh, but if the, the dragon dies, well, the human gets to go wandering off and be sad. See, that's also right out of Anne McCaffrey. There are characters, they're dragonless riders. They just get really, really depressed. Yeah. But but if the human dies, the dragon d- dies too. So basically, these yeah. giant, amazingly powerful things uh, sucks to be you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hi. Guess what? You are you are required to serve these tiny, less intelligent, less powerful, less long lived, basically always inferior to you life forms. Uh, it's tough. tough. And the only one you've got left is a high school boy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All you have left is this bad actor. Sorry. Now, I, I you know I have to give Ed some some kudos here i honestly think really i do because i think ed did the best he could with what was obviously the worst part in the film because his dialogue is terrible it's dull he has to act most of the time opposite nothing um i haven't seen him in anything else he's been in he was actually in downton abbey which i didn't realize among other things so i'm going to give him some credit this is his first role and I don't think for what he's given, he necessarily does a bad job. I'm gonna, you know, without yeah. having seen him in something else, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately, he doesn't make me laugh like Malkovich does. But, you know, he's got to be the big dumb blonde dull hero, and he's fine. 
He's fine. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, really, it's not his fault. No. He is given such terrible dialogue yes. and such nonsense. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I'm i not going to fault... I'm really not going to fault much of anybody. I don't think that there's really a... Except for Jimon. And again, I only hope that Jimon got lots and lots of money because he deserved it just for being otherwise a really cool actor. Um, but he's given nothing to do. Nothing. Yeah. Jimon uh, Hansu just should get money for standing there. He yeah. looks... He looks so cool. Even the ridiculous outfits they put him in in this. Yes. It it doesn't hurt. It can't it can't overpower it. You just no. cannot you cannot look away from him. And I don't know if he becomes a dragon rider, but he is the one character in the film that looks like he should be one. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm surprised like like uh, Zappengord or whatever her name was doesn't just look at him and say, "Yeah, Aragon, piss off. I want him." <laughs> uh, I'm, I have this feeling that Murdoch gets one too, but well, you know whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, yeah I, I think we've, I, uh, I think we, we've, we've we're winding down now. <laughs> I think this film is whimpering in the corner. So um, yeah, the roundup. Right now, I, I not uh, I kind of wanted to leave this to the end of the the show, but too well, late. I think we are at the end of the show. Well, but you know, I kind yeah, but so does this film accurately portray? Actually, let's. I'm going to broaden this. Does this film okay. in any way? in any way portray what it's like to play D and I'm gonna go ahead and say a little bit. There are some elements uh, yeah. here that are a little bit. And it's unfortunately done mostly with the NPCs. Because to be fair, a lot of times when you're playing a character in D and D, you're reliant on a character or an NPC or somebody higher up in the story to draw you into that story or to to uh, what's the word I want? To hire Tell you to basically yeah, to the, someone to be the story hook. Right. To be the one who pulls you into the narrative, to be the you know little dwarf with a hammer, to be the mysterious <laughs> figure in the tavern whose face you can't see, because I've heard tell of an evil king here now, right? And they of course are always about these these amazing fantastical elements, you know, you know. Uh, sadly, we didn't see any of these other races because you know they are apparently yeah. vital to the storyline. Um, but usually you've got your elves, your dwarves, or whatever, your made-up races for your particular fantasy story, which are, you know, again, missing in this film. Um, maybe they spent all the money shaving the bald legion. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so there definitely are some elements that I could see if you saw this film and liked it, you may say, wow, I really want to be part of that. And you might then be led into, um, you know, that gateway drug known as D&D. Um, and I can see that connection here, but... On the other side of things, I don't think that in general it gives you the feeling of what it's truly like to play in a fantasy role-playing game of your choice, D&D in particular. Max? Yeah, I, I think there are some elements, as you say, that at least reflect some of the ideas of D&D. To me, the real test of a movie, if it's a D&D sort of movie, is if you find yourself going, ooh... I'd like to be in a campaign in that. I'd like to run, do something in that world. I could see fitting a character into that world, and I can't see that in this at all because everything is focused as on Eragon himself. <laughs> yeah, dumb and, blonde. Yeah, and there's no I, there's no notion that there's anyone else doing anything in this world. No. There's, there's almost no other people in this world. It's like, oh, look, here's a caravan. Here's a village we, where we see two people. Yeah. Here's the, it's... The part where they're talking about, ah, if we can only make for this village, if they don't get us, see us until we get to that village, we might make it in to see the Varden. Then they get towards the village, let's not go to that village, let's go. <laughs> yes. 
So there are there are D&D elements to it, but I don't think any of them are engaging. In other words, I think this is a failure as a movie and as a gaming movie. Yes, and to be fair, it's not trying to be a gaming movie. No, but, it's obviously not. But it's, it's one of those things where us gamers, we gamers, mm-hmm. would love to see something that portrays that feeling that we get. And you have to go yeah. looking for what's out there. So if you went looking for that and you came to Aragon, move along. Yeah, you're not going to get it. So, uh, next week, we're mm. going to be picking a film that's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum for, for fantasy stuff, and that is the original, and don't look at the remake, the original Conan the Barbarian, which was the... Get Bri- to the chopper! <laughs> it's not in that movie. There's oh, no choppers. That's, that, well, yeah, he's got a sword that's kind of a chopper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Conan the Destroyer, the early 80s film, which was the breakout role for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say... No, I won't. I'll say that next week. I'll save it for next okay. week. But we're going to look at Conan the, the Barbarian. We're going to look at it as a film. We're going to look at, hey, is this a D&D representational film? And spoiler, Conan was one of the major influences on Gary Gygax and friends for making... I'm sorry, it was Dave Arneson? Arneson. Arneson. For creating uh, D&D. Mm-hmm. So... This is this is kind of one of those films that's like, hey, it may not be about D&D, but it's an influence, so does it count? Yes. We'll find out. In the meantime, for those of you who are trying to find us and have somehow only found part of us, we are obviously on our own website at... We, we leave parts of ourselves <laughs> all over the place. W- would it's you gross. clean that up? Because it's nasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, MaxMikeMovies.com, where you can mm-hmm. find all our episodes, and you can leave comments if you will. Um, if you do leave comments, they may become part of one of our future episodes. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on the Twitter, the Twitter, because it's the Twitter. <laughs> we're we're out there, to, we're out there tweeting and twittering and such. Yes, uh, Twitter pated. We are on uh, at Max Mike Movies, which is also known as Plort Max Mike Movies, we, which you which should... we have decided is the way you should pronounce the at sign is Plort TM. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also on Facebook. We have a Max Mike Movies uh, page on Facebook. You can like us there. Please like us, won't you? I think he likes mm. us. Um, but, and, he, but do they like us like us? Uh, they like us. They really like us. Thank you, Sally. Uh, and we, of course, are on the podcast app of your choice, whether it's on Google Play, is it? Or, um, you, if you download an Android uh, podcast app, you can search for Max Mike Movies. We'll show up. And we're also on the iTunes podcast thingy. Mm-hmm. So uh, by all means, look for us and tell your yeah. friends, won't you? Why? Because we want to keep them. Yes. Um, <laughs> and otherwise, the, we're going to uh, run out of tape yeah. any second. Here we are. Any second now. Yep. Oh, flip, 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 flip. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.